In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. I like to wish you all a very blessed and happy feast of Saint Mina, the wonder worker and the intercessor of this blessed church. And I like to read some verses from Hebrews chapter 11. As you know, this chapter speaks about heroes of faith. And after St. Paul mentioned many heroes of faith, then starting from verse 32, he said, And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained the promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they may obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, of chains and imprisonments. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with the sword, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens and caves of the earth, and all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise, God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Grace of God the Father be with all of us all. Amen. I like to focus on two verses here. Others, in verse 35, others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they may obtain a better resurrection. And this actually applies on San Nina. He was tortured, and it was in his hand, actually, to to accept the deliverance if he denied Christ and then he would say I will repent later on and the church will accept me again so some people actually were tortured and they have opportunity to escape martyrdom to accept the deliverance but they refused they rejected. Why? In order to obtain a better resurrection. Their goal is not only to be saved and to enter the kingdom of heaven. 
but they have a higher goal, which is to obtain a better resurrection. As a student in school, his goal is not only to pass and to move to the next grade, but he wants actually to pass with excellence, to pass with good grades. So they were looking for a better resurrection. That's why they did not accept deliverance. And they continued to accept torture until they shed their blood for the name of Christ. And the other verse, of whom the world was not worthy. Indeed, the world is not worthy of these martyrs and these saints. Definitely the world was not worthy of them. So tonight I like to speak about martyrdom. Martyrdom. Because what is unique about the Coptic Orthodox Church is actually martyrdom. We call our church the mother of the martyrs. The mother of the martyrs. Martyrdom, maybe for some churches, was in the 4th century, 5th century, and ended. But for the Coptic Church, until now, until now, still we have martyrs. And all of us, we know the martyrs that shed their blood either in Libya or in or in Tanta, or in Butrusiya, or Abu Uras, many, many, many areas. And we offered in, in, in this century and the last centuries many, many martyrs. So our church indeed is called the mother of the martyrs. But what made the martyrs actually accept martyrdom so easy? What are the motives for them? Death is not something easy to accept, especially death with torture. They were not just martyred, but they were tortured for a very long time before being killed. Number one, actually, they know that this world is temporal, if it is compared with eternal life. They know, as St. Paul said, what is seen is temporal, but what is unseen is eternal. They knew that sooner or later they would die. So let us die for a good reason. Let us die while we are looking for a better resurrection. This understanding of the vanity of the world, and they were prepared for a better life in the eternal life, made them accept martyrdom so easily. Also, they knew that we are sojourners in this world. We don't have a permanent life here. Sojourner 
means we are in a journey. The world is not our permanent place or our permanent home. Our home is there. Our citizenship is in heaven. So here we are sojourners. Here we are strangers. It is foolishness to look for a permanent place here on earth or to plan our life as if we are living eternally here on earth and we forget that our home is in heaven and our eternal life is what actually we should be looking for and investing toward the eternal inheritance. Also they know that the world is placed in the hand of the evil one. And there is corruption in the world. There is no justice in the world. There is suffering. There is pain. There is sorrow. There is hardships. There is trials. As the Lord said, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. If you were of this world, the world would have loved you. But because you are not of this world, that's why the world hates you, as he hated me before you. These are the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. So they were not looking. Why Why they, they would be looking for a longer life here on earth? In the midst of all these sufferings and pain and hardships, they were looking for the place that's called paradise of joy, paradise of delight, the place out of which grief, sorrow, and groaning have fled away, the place where God will wipe every tear from our eyes, the place where we'll be comforted in the presence of God and all the saints and the angels. Also, they understood that their suffering and their torture here on earth will turn it into glory in heaven. If somebody who accepts just false accusation for the name of Christ, his reward will be great in heaven. As the Lord said, Blessed are you when they persecute you and say all false things about you. Rejoice and be glad because your reward is great in heaven. So if just accepting false accusation for the name of Christ will give me a great reward in heaven, how much more when I accept torture for the name of Christ or when I I accept Uh, martyrdom in the name of Christ, then definitely my reward in heaven will be more and more. If we suffer with him, we'll be glorified with him. And this is one of the requirements of discipleship. If you want to be my disciple, carry your cross, follow me, and I will give you the kingdom of heaven. For all these reasons, Actually, 
they were willing to shed their blood, not only to be tortured, but to shed their blood because they were looking for a better resurrection. And in this time, actually, martyrdom is not very far from us. In this time, actually, uh, there is different type of persecution. Some people are persecuted because they are Christian, because of their faith. But here in America, for example, some people are persecuted because they are not accepting the morals of this world. If you don't support homosexuality, if you don't support transgenderism, if you don't support abortion, then you will be persecuted. And here actually we have a choice. Right now this persecution is not in a form of shedding blood, but maybe you can lose your job or you will not be promoted in your job or there will be some restrictions on you. To what extent you are willing to be persecuted for the name of Christ? Our fathers, the martyrs, like Saint Mina, he actually was tortured and did not accept deliverance in order to obtain a better resurrection. So, if we are persecuted because of our Christian values, what are we going to do? Are we going to compromise the Christian values? Or we are willing to accept persecution for the name of Christ in order to obtain a better resurrection? That's why there are different types of martyrs. Martyrs who accepted martyrdom because of their faith, because they refused to deny Christ. But also there are martyrs who actually accepted martyrdom because they were steadfast in the doctrines and the theology of the church. And they were persecuted by other Christians, like Saint Dioscorus and Saint Severus, the Antiochian, and Saint Samuel, the Confessor. All these people were persecuted and tortured because of their faith, and they were persecuted by Christians, by other Christians, because they were strong in their faith and they did not compromise the doctrines and the dogmas they received from our forefathers. Also others were persecuted because their insistence to keep their purity and not to defile their bodies and they accepted persecution. And nowadays, people will be persecuted because of the Christian values and Christian morals. So, are we willing to accept this persecution and not to accept the deliverance so that we may obtain a better resurrection 
or not. Uh, but God actually did not abandon the martyrs during the time of their martyrdom. God supported them. As he told us and he promised us, don't worry about what you say, because at this moment, the Holy Spirit will teach you what you are going to say. And one of the beautiful stories in the biography of the saints about a female martyr, her name Perpetua. Perpetua was pregnant and about to give birth to her baby few days before her martyrdom. And the decision about her martyrdom is to throw her to the beasts, to devour her. So when the time of delivery came and the nurse was helping her to deliver her baby, you know, she was crying because of the pains and pangs of uh, delivery. So the nurse told her, if you are crying now and you are in pain and you cannot endure this pain, what are you going to do when they throw you to the beasts? So Saint Perpetua said, now I am enduring the pain that all the mothers endure since the fall of Adam and Eve because this was one of the punishments that was announced to Eve. But when they threw me to the beasts, God at this moment will help me and will encourage me because I cannot endure the pain of martyrdom unless I have the grace of God with me and he is supporting me. And one of the worst, actually, scenarios of martyrdom is to be of the person to be devoured by beasts because it may take some time until he dies. And the fear itself when a person is surrounded by lions and bears and tigers. But they saw her in this moment. Her face was shining like an angel. And when the beasts start to attack her and they tore her clothes, even at the moment of her martyrdom, they saw her actually grabbing her clothes to cover her body during this moment. And I wonder how Saint Perpetua, even during the time of her martyrdom, was careful to cover her body. And now, unfortunately, many females, they uncovered their, uncovered their body in a very immodest way that does not befit us as Christians. Martyrdom 
for them was a witness. As the Lord told us, and you will be witnesses of me. And by the way, the word martyr means a witness. Even in Arabic, it's very clear, shaheed يعني بيشهد لربنا. And it is the highest form of witness because I can witness to the Lord by word or by action or by serving others or by a worship. There are different types of witness. But the highest form of witness is by shedding blood. And that's why martyrdom in itself is considered evangelism, is considered preaching. And many fathers said that the blood of the martyrs is the seed of faith. So when the blood of the martyrs dropped on the ground, actually it produced fruits of faith. Many, many people believed. You read, for example, in the story of Saint Apanub, this young boy who was tortured and he was very courageous to accept the torture for the name of Christ. So, people in Samanud, when he saw how this young boy, 14 years old, was steadfast in keeping his faith and defending his faith and not yielding, do you know how many believed because of Abanub? 8,000 persons. 8,000 persons. And all of them were killed for the name of Christ. Actually, even St. Peter in his sermon, actually he was able to bring 3,000 persons. But Abanub, by shedding his blood, he was able to bring 8,000 persons to Christ. Yes, indeed, martyrdom is evangelism. Is evangelism. St. Paul, who was very stubborn before his conversion, and the Lord actually used to pierce his heart with many goods, but he was stubborn, and he did not yield. But the image of St. Stephen did not actually depart from his mind. When St. Stephen was stoned to death, And everybody saw his face, as we read in the book of Acts, shining like an angel. And when St. Paul heard him saying, God, don't hold them accountable with this sin, he prayed for those who killed him. This image did not depart from uh, the the mind and the heart of St. Paul. And later on, after his conversion, in one of the trials, he referred to St. Stephen, and he referred how this image actually pierces his heart. That's why many fathers said, before the Lord, 
appeared to St. Paul on the road to Damascus, St. Stephen actually preached to St. Paul about Christianity. Preached by shedding his blood to St. Paul about Christianity. That's why actually the church hold the the martyrs uh, held the martyrs in a very high position. We mention them after Saint Mary, the angels, the apostles. After this, the martyrs. Of course, Saint Mary is higher than the heavenly and the earthly, and then the heavenly ranks, and then the apostles, and most of them were martyrs. And after the apostles, who also most of them were martyrs, we mention the, the martyrs. And we build the churches in the name of the martyrs. And we name our children after the name of the martyrs. And Saint Mina in particular has a special place in, in our hearts. And many people actually love to name their children after Saint Mina because of his beautiful story and also because of the special friendship between St. Mina and Pope Kyrillus. And many, many stories uh, in the life of Pope Kyrillus about St. Mina. That's why St. Mina actually took this special place in the heart and is still taking this special place in uh, the hearts of the people. I told you that the grace of God helped the martyr to endure, helped the martyr to uh, be strong and steadfast during the moment of martyrdom. And without the grace of God, they couldn't endure. But not only the grace of God, but there are also other factors. Of course, the main factor is the grace of God. But there are other factors help the martyrs to endure. I like to mention these factors. One of these factors is the encouragement that they received in the church. If you read the literature during the time of martyrdom, all the fathers were encouraging the people to shed their blood. And they set themselves as example. So the bishops and the priests, they were not only encouraging the people to shed their blood, but they themselves were an example in accepting martyrdom for the sake of Christ. One of the beautiful examples is St. Ignatius, the Antiochian. When the people actually begged him to escape and to run away from martyrdom, he sent a very, very beautiful letter to them to ask them, if you, if you really love me, you should not stop me from being martyr for the name of Christ. And he told them, 
when the Lord told us, I will send you as beasts in the midst of wolves. So he said, when, uh, I said it wrong, uh, I send you as lambs, lambs uh, in the midst of wolves. So he said, when the wolves, when these beasts eat us, the lambs, they will turn into lambs and they will be martyred for the name of Christ. And this happened with St. Paul himself. St. Paul was a beast, a wolf, and he approved the martyrdom of St. Stephen. But at the end, because of St. Stephen, this beast converted to be a lamb and to shed his blood for the name of Christ. Another saint, his name Arianus. Arianus was a governor in a city called Ancena in Upper Egypt. And Arianus killed many, many, many Christians. Many Christians. And actually, when the emperor wanted to torture somebody severely, he used to send him to Arianus. Because Arianus was so clever in torturing the Christian. And at the end, Arianus himself believed in Christ and converted to Christianity and shed his blood for the name of Christ. So this encouragement, not like in other uh, religions, they encourage the people to shed their blood, but those who are preaching this, they don't do it. But this was not the case in Christianity. In Christianity, the bishops, the clergy, they encouraged the people, and before the people, they offered their blood for the name of Christ. And this was an example to encourage the people also to accept martyrdom for the name of Christ. Also, God allowed them to see many, many visions. Many visions. Sometimes the Lord Jesus Christ himself appeared, sometimes St. Mary, sometimes Archangel Michael, or other saints. They appear and they encourage the people during the time uh, of uh, their torture. And the many miracles, like what happened with St. George, many miracles during his torture, they offered him poison to drink. And when he made the sign of the cross, he drank the poison and nothing happened to them. So all these signs, miracles, visions, helped them to endure. So God did not abandon them during this difficult time. Rather, God actually supported them with every possible way so they may remain steadfast in their faith and don't deny their faith. Also, they know that Christ suffered for us and Christ was tortured for us. He doesn't have to do this. 
But he accepted all of this in order to give us salvation and to give us eternal life. This in itself was a great motive. If Christ died for me in order to give me eternal life, and he accepted the shame, the curse of the cross, shouldn't I accept this for the name of Christ? So this also encouraged them, encouraged them in order to accept torture and martyrdom for the name of Christ. As St. Paul said, we love him because he loved us first. We love him because he loved us first. And martyrdom did not happen all of a sudden in their life. What do I mean by this? Actually, during their life, their journey in life, they did not love the world or the pleasures of the world. They left their life in ascetism. They put their eyes on the kingdom of heaven and eternal life. So, they died to the world before they die physically and they shed their blood. In baptism, we die to the world. In baptism, when we are buried three times in the water of baptism, in order to say, I die to the world. So now it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. They crucified the world and they were dead to the world. That's why martyrdom was actualization to this death to the world. For example, one of the fathers said, a person who cannot fast cannot become a martyr. Why he said this? Because if I am not willing to give up some food, and to train myself, to discipline myself, and bring it into subjection. How can I give up my life if I'm not willing to give up some food? Am I well? Then it will be easy for me to give up my life. That's why the person who cannot fast cannot become a martyr. And by the way, the fast of nativity will start this Thursday. And tomorrow is Wednesday, so actually tomorrow is the beginning of the fast. And I know there is a challenge this year for many of us in Thursday is Thanksgiving. And it is a test for you. What are you going to choose? Are you going to fast and become witness for Christ? Or are you planning to break the fast for Thanksgiving? It is a test that actually is allowing this test to examine all of us what choice you are going to make. Gonna fast or gonna break your fast? As I told you, he who does not fast cannot become a martyr. Also, the biography of the martyrs before them encouraged them. And there was a person who became a martyr later on. His name, Julius 
الأقفاسي. He used actually to write and to record the biography of the martyrs. And when they heard their story and then they read their story, this actually motivated them to accept martyrdom for the name of Christ. So hearing and listening and reading the life of the saints and the life of the martyrs will give us courage, will give us strength. If God allowed the time to come to be persecuted for his name, is to be ready. That's why in in the church, during uh, the divine liturgy, we read the Synaxidium, which is the biography of the martyrs and the saints. The church is sending us a message that these commandments to shed our blood for the name of Christ actually is a lived commandment. Many people lived these commandments applied to their life. And it is not just a theoretical command from the Lord. It is in our ability to live these commandments. So, reading and listening to the biography of the saints and the martyrs, this gives them encouragement. Encouragement. Uh, and at the end, as I told you, martyrdom is a witness, but it is the highest form of witness to Christ. So, for us, as an application, what are we going to do in our life? Are we going to accept to be witnesses for Christ and to bear witness for Him, as He told us before His ascension, and you will be witnesses of Me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the end of the earth, or not? To what extent we are willing actually to die to the world and to live to Christ? to crucify the world and the flesh and all its lusts and passions. To what extent we are willing to live this life? The celebration of the feasts of the martyrs is not just a commemoration of what happened to them, but it is a lesson to us. They left us an example to follow their footsteps. Uh, as we read in the book of songs if you don't know the way go and follow the steps of the sheep so we should follow the step of the martyrs sometimes if somebody cursed us or gossiped about us or disappointed us we are not willing to forgive Although the martyrs, like St. Stephen, they forgave those who persecuted them. We are not willing, actually, to endure some pain for the name of Christ. And any pain 
will turn into complaining. But these martyrs were very strong and very courageous to endure the pain for the name of Christ. So what are the lessons we are going to learn from the life of the martyrs? Martyrdom is love. There is no love greater than this, to shed the blood for the sake of your beloved. And the Lord himself showed this love, and there is no greater than this love. So, do we love Christ indeed? Do we love God indeed? To what extent we are willing to die for Christ? St. Paul, before going to Jerusalem, a prophet named Agabus took the girdle of St. Paul and said, the Holy Spirit says, the man who has or who owns this girdle, the Jews will persecute him in Jerusalem. So the people actually start to cry and to beg St. Paul not to go to Jerusalem in order not to be uh, persecuted by the Jews. So St. Paul told them, you will weep and make my heart sorrowful because I am not willing to be tortured only for Christ, but also to die for Christ. Because he loved Christ. That's why he told them, why are you weeping? You are making my heart sorrowful. I am willing not only to be tortured, but also to uh, die for Christ. And in Acts uh, chapter 20, he said in verse 24, but none of these things move me. These things what in the previous thing, uh, verse 23, the Holy Spirit testifies in every city saying that chains and tribulations await me. So the Holy Spirit testified to Paul that every city, every place he goes, there will be chains and tribulations awaiting him. And what was his response? But none of these things move me. I'm not afraid from, from the chains. I'm not afraid from the tribulations. Nor do I count my life dear to me. I don't count my life dear to me. So that I may finish my race with joy. And the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify, to witness, that's martyrdom, to witness, to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. So, if we really love Christ, as St. Paul did, and as all the martyrs, then we will say with St. Paul, none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to me, so that I may finish my race with joy, and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify, to witness to the gospel of the grace of God. If I want to summarize the life of the martyrs, I can summarize in one word, which is love. Their love for Christ exceeded everything else. That's why 
it was very easy for them to shed their blood for the name of Christ. But they actually, before this, they comprehended the incomprehensible love of Christ. They comprehended the incomprehensible love of Christ. And as they said, we love him because he loved us first. Let's pray and ask the intercession of this great saint, Saint Mina, the wonder worker, to pray for all of us. And as he loved God, that we may love him. And as he shed his blood for Christ, to witness for his faith and for the gospel of God, let us also ask God to give us and to pour in our heart this love so may witness for the gospel of God and to be willing to accept torture, even death for the name of Christ and glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.